talking here? What do we got going on, huh? Am I am I on? What, what are we doing? What are we doing, huh? Oh uh, wow, Joe Pesci. We've got Joe Pesci in studio. Well, you know, you got you got a little studio here. I just want to make sure you're not like Spider. You know, him and his whole family—they're all rats. They're all actually, rats. Actually, I don't think it's Joe Pesci. I think it's his his nephew, which is actually Joe Pishy, and Pishy is the Hungarian word for pee. <laughs> Joe Pishy. Wait, wait, wait! Back did up! You, back up a minute! Back up a minute! Did you pishy your pants? Back, back up a minute! Are you are you insulting me? No. Are you coming no. at me? Who the frick do you think you ought to come at me? I'm the guy that hits the button that turns the hard drives on. Huh? I'm the man. Listen, don't you ever go over my head again. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I just felt like doing Joe Pesci again. I'm gonna I, cut I my didn't, toenails. I didn't. You. Okay, that's that's nice. <laughs> I I didn't want to. I didn't want to swear though. I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep it clean. You know what I mean? There might be some people that listen to this. You know what I mean? You are a good guy, Mike. You are a good guy. Why I don't try you introduce to be. yourself? I try to be. I am Mike Bauman. I'm here with with Mike Jameson, and this is another episode, another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. What's what's going on? That was the longest sigh, right? There. Yeah, it was. was. Yeah. Well, we've been hard at work, man. I'm I'm Tell coming in here it. this morning on about four hours of sleep. You look pretty wired. I know you like you've that? been been running around. Yeah. And it ain't really started yet. It starts next week. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, we're we're busy here in, in Northwest Ohio. We've got high school football starting next Friday. Uh, here on the Toledo Sports Network, yeah. where we also do our sports stuff. The, and, blade, uh, the blade even said we were doing that. Can you believe that? Yeah, we even had the you know the big the big newspaper in town did a little little blip on us. It was kind of cool. Yes, it was kind of cool. I opened up the sports section yesterday on my lunch at work, and I was like, oh look at that, look at that <laughs> surprise. How'd that happen? Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Uh, Steve Jung is a good guy. He really is. He, he is, man. Really knows his sports. That's for sure. He is. He is. All those guys in the sports staff. I used to see him all the time when I was covering the Rocket stuff, and um, never had any beef or any problems with any of them. So, you know, it was it was cool, and hopefully that uh, gives us a little bit more exposure. Yes. Getting in the daily paper, and we'll get. Rocking and rolling, and in the meantime, uh, you know, I'm trying to help Mikey sell advertising and also do this show, uh, which is why I'm back out here this morning because I was able to talk to a guy that uh, I had a lot of fun talking to the first time around for this podcast. Uh, that being Doc Coyle, former God forbid guitarist, now in California. He's moving on up, Mikey. <laughs> You want the leg of the wing, Henry? To the east side, to a Be honest, how how is how is my Joe Pesci? Is it okay? How is it? Like when you hear me, do you go, uh, oh, that, I think he's oh, doing you're, Joe you're Pesci. All right. you, you're, okay. you're, you're all right. You're all right. You can be honest with me. I like your Matthew McConaughey a little better, but that's... All right, all right. Did you hear what your your boy did? No, what's that, Mike? He wore a fanny pack. There's a big thing about him wearing a fanny pack to a game. And, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon had a went kind of crazy on it, and it might have been it might have been Jimmy Kimmel <coughs> about the uh, that's all you wore was a fanny pack. To hey, game. listen, hey, listen, Woo. man, it's it's a good little thing. You keep a little flask in there, little flax, a uh, little flax, and oh, gee, I said flax. I didn't even yeah. say flax. That's how tired I am. <coughs> oh, that's awesome two. though. Take that's two. awesome though. Well, all of the guys, all of the guys at the Toledo Sports Network will now have fanny packs. All the cameramen. Yeah, with our logo on it and like hashtag Toledo Sports Network. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'll go that far, but I found them on eBay for five bucks a piece, and that way, you know, they can keep their little box of things that they have to keep in their. 
Heck yeah, brother. That's how you do it, man. Because we always need guys and girls to have their box of things. You just got to keep on living. L-I-V-I-N. That's what it's all about. But yeah, Doc Doc was super cool. This this dude is seriously, like, for, for being a complete stranger, he's probably one of the most cordial people that I've had the opportunity to talk to. And getting him again for this show was so cool because he and I talked again for, like, another, like, two hours it was crazy and we got a chance to talk about vegas nerve we got a chance to talk about um his move to california we talked about god forbid we talked about the guest solos that he's doing right now we talked about uh the things he's getting into out there doc's also getting into some artist management um which which is cool letting people know his knowledge base of what he's learned throughout his time in the music industry so it was a lot of fun, man. Um, you know, and once again, you know, we're trying to trying to continue to bring you, you know, local and, and underground artists, um, and trying to uh, get things back on board here uh, with with the podcast. So I'm really excited. You know, it's it's because there's been you know, and we talked about just life in general. I mean, life. There's been a lot of changes in his life. There's been a lot of changes in my life. Um, so having the opportunity to bring him back on the show has been really freaking cool. And, and he, like I said, the, the guy's an all-star, man. We talked for two hours. We talked for so long that we're actually going to split this one up into two parts. So what you're getting today is actually going to be part one of my interview with Doc Coyle. And part two will be next week where we talk all basketball. He's an NBA guy. I'm a hardcore NBA guy, and we just talked all basketball. So some of you hardcore music fans might be like, what? But those of you who know Doc know about his blog. Uh, you know about his own blog, but you also know about what he's done uh, basketball-wise and what he's written about online. He's a huge NBA fan. Um, you can check that out over at Metal Sucks, his, uh, his hoops blog. So it, it was it was just really cool, man. And, um, you know, like I said, it, right now with the Vegas Nerve stuff, I'm really excited about that. They don't have a finished product yet. Um, both uh, he and uh, the Vegas Nerve guys are, are living in different parts of the country. They have their own individual stuff going on, but they are working hard to get the Vegas Nerve stuff out, which we discussed. So... It's a lot of fun, and like I said, on, on our end here in Toledo, man, we've been we've been keeping it moving. We've been uh, you know slowly building our name with Toledo Sports Network over the last four years, and uh, we're starting to get some people uh, looking at us and some more eyes on us, and uh, hopefully moving that ball in the right direction too. So, but uh, that's what I want to keep doing with this show. Here is. Uh, Keep giving you guys interesting interviews and um, keep giving you guys cool people like Doc Coyle. So without further ado, Mikey, I'm going to shut up and give them the show. So here is Doc Coyle, everybody. Hey, what's up, Doc? How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Get ready, you know, got got my coffee. <laughs> got the coffee going? Yeah, I got some water, and uh, luckily my my nearly 13-year-old cat is over on the couch sleeping, so that's a good sign because sometimes he likes to, to creep out on the table and just knock stuff over just to get attention. So 
<laughs> so we're good. I know. I know. I'm I'm the crazy cat dude right now. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, I uh, I really appreciate you doing this. It was uh, a lot of fun talking to you the first time, and I've been trying to get this uh, this podcast going again. And I've had a lot of changes in my life the last year too. So you were one of the first people once I had a chance to get this going again to to want to get a chance to talk to, man. So I appreciate it. No problem. Uh, I you know I feel you know it's my my duty to be be there for the people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the first thing I want to ask you, man, is um, how is uh, how is Corey doing? I saw something on the on the God forbid Facebook page that he was in kind of a crazy accident. Is he doing okay? Uh, yeah, I mean, he uh, something happened to his eye. I know, um, but he got he got banged up a little bit, but I think he's you know for the most part he's all right. And then so, he had to get some teeth replaced as well. Um, Jeez. But you know, you know, but I think he actually flipped his truck. So, you know, but, you know, so I've driven with Corey, you know, that, that dude, you know, he doesn't, he drives a little, a little crazy, you know what I'm saying? He, you know, he's got a heavy foot, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, thank God he's alive. Hope, hopefully he slows it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's nuts when stuff like that happens. I, I was just looking at their, their page the other day and I was like, damn, that's, that's some crazy stuff. It's good. Yeah, he's all I mean, right, though. He, he, I saw him out because uh, I just I moved to California uh, a few months ago, and he came out here for Mayhem Festival, so I got to see him. And that was like right after his accident. So, so yeah, man. What what has this past year been like for you? Moving from the East Coast to the West Coast, uh, leaving God forbid. You've been doing a lot of guest solos. You've got the Vegas nerve thing going on. I mean, you've had you've had a lot of a lot of changes in a very short period of time. What's that been like? Uh, it's been crazy. I mean, because <laughs> I I left the band. Well, even if you go back, I mean, I really I stopped touring with God forbid at the end of 2012. You know, that was the last tour we did, and I basically told the guys I need to take some time off from 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 touring. Um, because we just we basically were not making enough money touring to like really have a, any decent living, so that you know the first part of 2013 was really about kind of getting stabilized personally and just kind of getting my my shit together a little more as an adult. Uh, and so I was I was teaching guitar at a school of rock uh, in North Jersey, and I was bartending at a metal bar in in New York, and and even during that time I was working on working on the Vegas nerve stuff, putting that band together. And I, you know, and I wanted to do God forbid stuff, you know, but there was just, uh, there was just a lot of issues, you know, this is going back to like the beginning of 2013. And, we, and then we finally got to be able to do some shows and then things, things kind of, you know, went south and I ended up leaving the band in August. And so, and then pretty much from that point, I ended up going on tour with Unearth for two two different tours, one in America, one in uh, and one in Europe. And then I got an offer to work for the NBA for the All Star Game, working production. So I did that January and February. And then within that mid, in the, right in between those, I, I decided to move to California. So then I spent March and April doing all my moving stuff. Uh, and then, and then came out here beginning of uh, beginning of May. 
And you know, and, and, and it's been probably the hardest thing I've ever done doing the, doing this move. It was pretty because I, I drove cross country and my transmission broke on my car. Jeez. Yeah, and I had just bought the car like two weeks beforehand, so I got stuck in Chicago for a week. Had to bar, like call up at all my friends and family and like basically like beg them for my like, can you send me a hundred dollars? I'm stuck, you know. And luckily, everyone, you know, a bunch of people helped. helped you know, did my own little crowdfunding. Everyone helped me out, and then four days later, it, the car broke again in Denver, and I was, you know, worried that it was a transmission problem again, so I ended up leaving the car in Denver, and I jumped on Devil Driver's tour bus to get to L.A. <laughs> so I got so my whole experience getting getting to L.A. was pretty pretty crazy. Um, it's like a it's like a it's, sitcom, like a derailed sitcom. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely you know like one of those uh, you know road trip movies where everything goes wrong but you know but yeah so then so since I've and since I've been here and actually one thing I did before I left uh, New Jersey uh, Vegas Nerve recorded an EP uh, and even that was kind of uh, a nightmare we had issues with the studio and, and uh, falling out with the producer and so we had to do a lot of kind of uh patchwork to make everything work a little better and that's being the singer is working on vocals and doing editing so i think for the most part all the tracking is done uh so hopefully we're going to start once that's all together we're going to start shopping it and getting out there i'm really i'm really excited for people to hear that because it's it's kind of I was thinking about the timeline of when I kind of started it and it's been a really <laughs> to to at the end of it only have like a four song EP it's it's not a lot but but the amount of effort that it took for it to get there was is pretty crazy yeah yeah I actually um getting ready for this I I went to your your website where you're doing all the blog stuff and I listened to a little bit of uh some of the recording mashups you had done with Ravi and it and it it sounded really cool it was like almost to me kind of like there was still stuff that's that's very metal, but there was also kind of some, I don't know, like psychedelic type of spacey type of type of stuff, more ambient stuff. And I thought that was kind of a cool a cool mix. So with these guys, has it, has it been a thing where you guys have been trading music back and forth for a long time, even during God forbid? And it was just always one of those things that was sort of in the back of your mind, like okay, if I get if I get a little break from God forbid, maybe I'll try to do this stuff on the side with these guys. Like, how how did all this stuff with with the guys from Vegas Nerve come together? Well, it's it's actually kind of a long story because originally how it started was me wanting to do me and Tommy Vexed were trying to do like a more rock oriented project, and that started in like 2010, believe it or not. And that literally was me like kind of working on some music sending it to him, you know, and then we, you know, me and him put some kind of rough demos together and then couldn't, for some reason or whatever, over the next, like, year, had a really tough time putting a band together. It was just, it just wasn't working. And then we ended up going to Florida with uh, A.L. Levy uh, from Doth and Jeff Fab, who played in this moment. Now he's a uh, drummer. Now he plays in Black Label Society. So we, we did some jamming and basically had a a big you know just it just didn't work out you know so i left i left that situation i was in florida and i had like a, and i was basically I, I was staying with some friends in miami for like a month 
and I had all this material that I'd been working on, you know, and I was like, well, I want to do something with, with this stuff, you know, I don't, you know, because I, I, like I said, as far as the music, I'd written everything, you know, and just happenstance through, through a friend, through a friend, I was introduced to Ravi, and it was a bunch of YouTube, he has a YouTube page of him doing covers, uh, and it was like, you know, the guy was one of the best singers I'd ever, I'd ever heard, and my friend was like, oh yeah, I want to start a cover band with this guy, and the whole time in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do a cover <laughs> band, and my, but in my head, I was thinking, I'm going to get this guy to sing, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, sing on this, this, this music that I'd written, and then the cover band didn't work out. And I told Robbie, I was like, listen, dude, I really was not that interested in doing the cover band. I really was actually thinking about you for this, this project. So I sent him some MP3s, and then he recorded something over one of the tracks and sent it back. And I was like, holy shit, this is pretty crazy. <laughs> and so, so, this, so this was actually right in the midst of the God Forbid, you know, doing, you know, recording Equilibrium and touring. So during that time... While Godfrey was busy, like any time I had like free time, you know, I would like go visit him, and we'd like sit down with the acoustic and kind of work on stuff and trade files, and so and so basically, me and Ravi put together like four songs, but you know, on our on our own before we before we had a band. But I did not want to do just a inter, like a computer band, which is like half. To me, like that's like half of the music that's out there. Yeah, it's like it's like a couple guys making stuff on a computer, and they're like, "We have a band," and I'm like, "No, you don't. <laughs> you have some guys who are good at recording and are talented, but it's not a band." So when uh, when I get, when I got off the road with God forbid, I was like, you know, let's put a band together. So I'm, so you know, the thing that's what was difficult is I lived in North Jersey and Ravi lived. 45 minutes west of Pennsylvania. So we live far away, and that made things really difficult. But eventually, you know, we, we auditioned drummers, and we found this guy, Mo, who was working with me at the School of Rock, one of the best drummers I ever played with. Uh, and Robbie had his his friend, his one of his best friends, Aiden, this, this young guy who was like kind of, he went to music school, really brilliant musician, and he wanted to play guitar, but we ended up having him play bass. And then we did guitar auditions, and we found this guy, Mike Gowan, who played with a band um, called Mother. So then we had a full band, and we, we kind of would get together here and there, but because everyone was so far away and Mike was in another band, we didn't get to rehearse that much. Um, but I, I wanted to make sure that before I left that we actually recorded, you know? Yeah. But the band, the band would, like... You know, I knew like once I got a really good band together, it would take whatever we did on our recordings and take it to a different level because things would happen naturally in the room. Like the, at our first rehearsal, I was like, we could play a show next week. Like that's how <laughs> good the chemistry was. You know, um, and I'm sure playing music all these years, you know that pretty quickly too, right? If you get into a room with some guys and you play, you can kind of vibe it out and be like, these are guys that I could see myself playing with or we're ready for that so that's pretty good if you knew that right away yeah i mean i i don't even know if i've really experienced any, anything particularly like that how it just where it's like when you, you know because you know what i'm saying i never really put bands together god forbid just you know it was always me and my brother playing and then we had Corey and byron and i'm pretty much that was the, the, the nucleus and then 
we only had one other bass player besides, well, technically Byron played bass, and then, so John was our third bass player, but it wasn't like we were in this, like, we're putting a band together, we're auditioning, it was just more, we already had a, a unit to begin with, and it was just more about adding it one person or replacing one person but like trying to put a band together from scratch was like I, you know you, you think me this veteran in music would kind of have an idea but it's like i don't know you know you think you know what you, you what what it takes and and it's, it's a lot now i've done it a few times like putting a cover band together putting you know dealing with it so it's like it's putting bands together is, is really difficult I, I understand why why people are so um uh, hesitant to actually put in that work because it's it is you have you know you have to be the one to call people and find them and schedule rehearsal and make sure they show up and it's you know musicians are not known for being the most dependable people in the world so <laughs> so then in the midst of all that um, what in, what inspired the move to California because I was kind of thinking when I was trying to piece some of the stuff together and and read different things that you had written that that maybe going to Cali was like having the nucleus of the Vegas nerve guys out there. What so what what inspired going like across country like that and going from literally the east coast to the west coast? Well that was that was definitely the, the seed of it where it was just where I had just got back from uh doing the tour with On Earth, which actually got cancelled. So like with On Earth we were supposed to open up for Sepultura and we did about a week of warm up dates and two days before we were supposed to meet up with Sepultura, the tour got canceled. So I had to go home and kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe something about, about that kind of, um, I don't know. I felt, cause at, at that point I had been off the road for a right up around a year, yeah. you know? So, and I'd been kind of do in the same, I felt like I was in a little bit of a rut, you know? Um, even though I, you know, hadn't been, I just left the band. It wasn't, wasn't that long ago, but I kind of felt like, all right, I left the band. I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have like, there wasn't at that particular time, there was nothing holding me there, you know, outside of the the Vegas nerve, which I felt because of of the logistics of singer living far away and my guitar players in another band, like it was really difficult to do the band at the level I wanted to do it with and then playing with on earth kind of put me in the place. I was like, man, you know what? All right. I've, I've done this, you know, kind of getting settled in and just being a regular Joe going to work and doing all this stuff. I'm like, I, I think I owe it to myself. Like I want to be, I want to play all the time. I want to, I don't, you know, I feel like I was half, half assing it in terms of like, Oh, I'll work a job and then I'll work on music in my spare time and just get things together. And, I was like, I don't know. I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't giving my, myself the full effort, you know. And I was like, all right, let me try and really do this again, because I, you know, I, you know, at the time I just turned thirty-three, and I don't want to be thirty-eight, thirty-nine, like forty, trying to make it, quote unquote. Yeah. Um. So I felt like now was the time because I didn't have anything holding me back or anything holding me, holding me there that, all right, let me, let me try and pursue some opportunities. And Ravi, the singer from Vegas nerve said he wanted to move to California too. And, and the bass player was already making moves to do that too. So that, so that group of people more, you know, should, should be, you know, uh, should be out here fairly, fairly soon. Um, and, 
I just felt like there were more opportunities to for me as a just a professional musician out in, in LA. Um, there's just more bands are put together out here, auditions. There's more connections. There's so much. So so it was that, and it was also. I just wanted, I don't know, I wanted to kind of do something adventurous and, and change it up. You know, it's like I don't want to be someone that was just lived in one place their whole life, you know, and didn't, you know, kind of, I don't know, find out what you're made of, you know. I don't know. Yeah. There was a certain element of being, like, sheltered, I guess, that, you know, that I don't like about myself or, or always playing it too safe, you know, just doing, you know, and so... <laughs> and and in 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 that it's been definitely really really challenging like even harder than I I thought it would be you know but you know I'm definitely things are starting to happen now it's it's actually I'm definitely feeling a lot better about the decision now than I did like maybe a month or two ago yeah it's funny man because I think I think a lot of people can relate to that because even even myself um, in early March of last year, I took a job, a full-time job in online marketing, and it was a salary position. And to make a long story short, I had done writing ever since high school, did it through college. Uh, initially, it was all sports, but I've always loved music. And then when I was at Toledo Free Press, uh, my editor was uh, really cool, and we still have a good rapport and everything. He gave me an opportunity to start doing music stories, which was often awesome parlayed that into doing uh this podcast but i was like i had this part-time job at a local hospital and i, I was still living at home and I'm, I'm 26 now so i was you know 24 25 and all this was going on i'd been and, and then when i graduated from college at that same time that i started with toledo free press i had also started doing sports broadcasting locally like doing play-by-play -play and color commentary and sideline reporting for uh, uh this local sports network doing high school football and basketball which is awesome and I really loved that. So I had all these different things. I was, like, feeding all these different interests, and it was cool. But I wasn't making enough to, like, survive on my own. And you get to that point where you're like, man, I kind of want to get out of my own, establish myself. So I was like, let me find something where I can use my degree. And then I took this job in online marketing, was still doing the broadcasting, took a break from writing, but still doing the high school games and stuff. And then in early May, just, like, a couple months ago, I found out that they were – going to downsize and eliminate my position so now i'm in that weird spot of like still doing the broadcasting and i have another part-time job to like make ends meet but I, I feel like i'm on the bridge you know where it's like there's here and then there's there and i'm like right here and i have some close family that and some buddies that are like still here but i'm kind of in that same spot where i'm like all right what what is keeping me here right now and we've got some we've got the ball rolling for some of the stuff with Toledo Sports Network. Like I think this year could be a really good year for us. But um that was always stuff that I was doing to build my resume and I feel like now I'm twenty six, I've been doing this stuff for a long time. You know, maybe maybe I should try to see if I can branch out. So so I give you a lot of credit, man, for moving like cross country because I think I think there's a lot of people who are in that position in, in whatever their field is where they're like you know, if I really want to make a living doing what I love to do, or at least try it, I have to kind of break away from what I know. You know, so it's 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 yeah. tough. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, like I said, it's it's the hardest thing I've I've done. Yet. You, know, you kind of don't realize. You know, if you live, you know, you know, you're over thirty, or whatever, and you live in one place your whole life, you don't realize there's almost like this security blanket of just yeah. being like in familiar territory. Um, and removing that, 
and all of a sudden it's like holy like i didn't really like it was until i got here and like unpacked all my boxes and then kind of was in my room and i'm like and it hit me like a ton of bricks so i was like holy shit i just <laughs> moves all my what the hell did i do this is this is crazy you know um and, and emotionally you know just all you know my friends and family you know i just you know it just hit me really hard that it's like oh they're i cannot just go see my dad right now you know who was a you know 40, 40 minute drive away you know so that's you know it's impactful um but i don't know i, th- I think you, you know it's situations like this you you for me it's like hopefully that you know you're just going to learn things about yourself um and but I'll, 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 I'll say this though i mean the kind of risk involved you know in terms of like not really having you know Job, like I didn't have a job set up out here. Like I had a place to stay, um, and that was pretty much it. And I figured, oh, I'll get here and I'll figure all that, figure all that out. And it was definitely even harder than I than I an- anticipated. Um, but no, but I, I, you know, I got the cover band up and running again out out, out here that I was doing out out east. Uh, and actually, Tommy Tommy Vex is sing, singing for that. Uh, we got a show in a couple weeks, and. You know the Vegas nerve stuff. Like I said, that that's almost done, and I'm actually going to be jamming with. The, I probably shouldn't should mention it until it's kind of like settling, but I'm jamming with a kind of a, a band that was established but changed their name. Uh, that reached out to me, so I'm more like I'm going to be pl- doing some shows with them, and maybe maybe some other stuff t- down the line. And you know, and uh, you know, and I've been kind of just doing all kinds of. You know, I've done some studio work. I've done. You were doing you stuff know. with the BT, BT Awards too, right? I, I think I saw that on Twitter. Did you get to go out to that too? Yeah, well, that was actually through the people that I worked with at the NBA. Okay. So, so it was actually just um, called, like it was a different uh, section. Like, I, like for NBA, I was in, I was working with production, technical production, and then with that, it was the the talent division. So basically, they're this company. They basically deal with all like anytime you have an event like that in terms of booking. The talent, uh, transport, catering, all all the all all that stuff. So it's like actually I hadn't done any of that with NBA, so I was kind of that was a whole different field. But still, I still under, understood it. But it's basically like that whole world is crazy, like <laughs> the, you know the, the events, uh, the events world. But it's it's fun. It's cool because it's just like you know because it's it's just a madhouse. So cause, you know the, the the events are so big and you're. I don't know. It's it was it was crazy, but yeah, just that was just like a two day thing, and I might I might be working the uh, the VMAs, which are which are the end of this month as well with the same with the same company, and, and there's a good chance I could actually work the All Star Game next year too, depending if they if they ask me back. So, you know, things like that. I mean, it's it's just I think it's great for the experience for me, especially like I said, I don't have a college degree. I don't have, you know, so the, so the fact that I can kind of, if I can get in some of these um, arenas that are professional arenas, you know, um, and not having that that background, you know, those opportunities I pretty much have have to take because it's just great experience and you know can, you know, I think being in the band and having that experience is ver- is a very unique experience and very valuable and kind of taught me a lot of things that maybe a, a lot of other people don't don't have. But it's in many ways, it's, it's difficult to um, express that on a resume. Um, what your experience actually 
how how that's meaningful, you know, and how yeah. that kind of relates to other other areas, you know. And I think it does, but you know, but people don't necessarily realize it until they meet me and kind of understand what you know where I'm at, you know. So yeah, for being like 32, 33, man, you you <laughs> you've traveled a lot. Like I I think like me and my my oldest brother, he's thirty two. Uh, he's he's the one that actually got me into Metallica because when he when he when we were younger he would come over he's from my dad's first marriage so you know I I was like the one following him around and like wanting to be like him and uh, it's funny when I think about now like you get older and and when you're younger six years seems like such a big gap and then you get older and we hang out now and you realize it's not as big of a gap but like when I look at a guy like you for being like your age and and having toured and gone overseas and done all this stuff with god forbid and you got to go on uh lamb of god's tour with metallica like that is a lot of valuable experience that even if you don't have a college degree like i i basically since i've been out of school it kind of seems like the degree just shows that like you've been in the fight you know what i mean it shows that you're teachable so in your situation, it's like, well, I don't have a degree, but I've also had a lot of other experiences that a lot of other people don't have that I feel like, you know, I mean, you got to do stuff on the fly. And, and when you're in a band and, and you're you're on these tours and stuff, it's like your resources and everything are, are not what it, it's so separate from like what the average day to day person does. So I, I would think that in your situation, that would that would almost help you in the entertainment business because they know you know what it's like to kind of do stuff on the fly and do stuff quickly and and be able to uproot from here and do something the next night yeah i mean i i definitely i think the college experience especially you know if you do it right after high school what it what it it definitely prepares you for like the corporate world which is like showing up on time in a professional manner, completing yeah. projects, you know, like, um, and you know, it's there. There's a structure and regiment to that, um, to that world that kind of applies from the educational world to the to, to, to the work world. Which, and that's something I have, you know, hadn't haven't been around for most of my adult adult life. Kind of a very structured work environment, and when I'm in it, it's very like. It can be daunting because it's it's you know when you basically have complete control and you go to a place where it's like you need to dress this way, don't say this, like like just <laughs> you know you're just like this is oh prison, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But that's the world most people deal with all the time. Is a is a is a much more kind of neutered day to day experience, you know. So it's like when I worked for the NBA, I hadn't worked in the office in ten years before that, you know, and it was like. It was like, whoa, this is so take me a minute. To, you know, after a week I was I was fine, but it was like it was just kinda crazy. It's like, wow, this is you know, you're you're just not in that you're just not in that world, you know. Yeah. Um so so I, I you know, to to me, you know, just get you know, one thing I've been thinking about lately is is just just being open to new experiences and, and you know, anything that's new and interesting is good, you know, I think for the for the for the most part. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think too, it's like, you know, in life you sort of establish these comfort zones, and then, like, the older I've gotten, and granted, I, I mean, I, there's still a hell of a lot I got to learn, man, I'm, you know, I'm in my mid-20s, I don't, I, you know, still got a lot to learn, but I, I've learned through my experiences, like, like, sports broadcasting was one of those things that completely came out of the blue for me, and at first I was like, 
I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. I'm not getting on camera. You know, journalism, you're up in the press box. You know, you got your, your computer, you're typing away. When you're on camera, it's like, there's the mic, there's the camera. Like, you got to be, there's an immediacy to it. And I, all I could think was, oh, my God, dude, I'm going I'm to have a panic attack. I'm going to puke on myself. Then I'm going to be on, like, Tosh.0. Like, I just, I, I was already snowballing, like, the worst possible thing. And then I did it, and, like, the very first game... This the team that we were doing. They had this kid. His last name I think was like Fremantle, and he was like a kind of like a scat back type. You throw him the ball. He's good out of the backfield. And the guy I was doing the game with was like, he's like, all right, Bomber, uh, what, what do you think you do in this situation? I was like, well, you know what? I mean, they're they're down before the half. They got a chance here to make something happen. I'll get the ball in Fremantle's hand, see if I can get him in space on like a screen pass or something. And then they threw the ball to the kid on basically like a pop pass. And he ran like sixty yards to pay dirt, and then it was like all like that burden was just like lifted, and I was like, and I could see Mick get all excited because he was doing play by play. He's like, oh, he's at the ten, he's at the five. So it was like all those fears that I had. It's like once you get in it and you do it, and then you succeed, you realize like really wasn't so bad. I mean, and I've screwed up. I mean, everybody messes up. I've messed up on camera. I've you know forgotten stuff you know a few times, and it's like, but I think it's like. You learn as you get older that what you establish as your comfort zone, it's it's more based on familiarity and not what you're really comfortable with because you don't really figure out how comfortable you can be until you challenge yourself. And now I'm in this situation where it's like, I really like this broadcasting stuff and maybe maybe that's what I what I need to be doing. And if I would have had that fear and, and let fear rule it, I would have never done it. So it's like, it's cool in your situation that it's like you've been able to you know, take that leap of faith and move away from, you know, what you knew in Jersey and come out to California. And now you've gotten to do all these cool things and do and still play guitar and, and do what you love to do. So, I mean, that's, I think that's inspiring for a lot of people, man, because, you know, once, once you experience things, you kind of start to figure out where, what you really want to do, you know? So I think that's cool. Yeah, it's still, and it, uh, I tell you, it's still, you know, I, I have not definitely figured everything out here. It's still like a, a process, but I'm definitely making progress. You know, and that's that's the main thing is I think when, you know, when you're at a, a certain point, you have to you you have to count your little small victories, you know, and just get a bunch of little small victories, and then you know, and just keep you know, like my main thing right now is like just trying to keep focus. You know, not yeah. you know like not trying to party too much. Not try. You know, I'm trying to stay stay healthy, eat eat well, exercise, just because all that you know, and, and you know, keep keep practicing, keep writing. Um, and I think it's it's like you say, it's with you know, kind of luck favors the prepared or something like that. <laughs> so it's something like that. But but you know, it's like the idea of you create your own luck by by uh, just making sure you're good on your end, and yeah. then when the opportunity presents itself, then you're ready to seize that opportunity, you know? Um, so, and I'm also, I'm also managing a couple bands as well. Uh, and that's a, I have worked in management before and kind of self-managed, God forbid, but that's kind of a new area that I'm, I'm, you know, really, really want to, um, put a lot of work into and, and get, get established there. But it's, you know that's 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 a very challenging thing too because it's you know 
people know me as you know being the artist you know but then you try and get in, involved with that and try and build band you know brand new bands and get them record deals and get them booking agents and get them on the road it's 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 it that's very daunting as well you know but it's something i feel i have a skill set for um and something i enjoy because i i i like helping bands yeah. you know it's like um especially good bands you know good bands that are good people who work hard um I want everyone to do well. I, I don't. I don't. You know, to me, it's it's music is not competitive that that way. I want everyone to do well, and I want. Um, yeah, just you know. So it's and and it's one of the areas where I have been involved in this in industry for you know fifteen years, and and I I have a pretty broad understanding of how it works from from top to bottom. I don't know everything. Um, it's definitely areas I need to get more knowledgeable on and a lot of the stuff especially being being in management there's certain things i'm going to be involved in that perhaps i haven't been involved with before so it's uh so that's that's another challenge that i'll be dealing with as well so how, how many bands you got under your belt right now are they are they bands that um like you'd been in touch with for a while or was it uh, one of those things where you kind of went to a show and you checked them out and you're like man i, I feel like i could help these guys well, it's two. It's two New York bands, and it's basically a few guys I'm I'm friends with. Uh, one band is called Mother, and it's actually the guitar other guitar player from from Vegas Nerve. It's his other band, and they're more of kind of a uh, straightforward rock band. You know, you know, kind of bluesy, melodic. The singer has like kind of a Jeff Buckley thing going on, um, and basically it was like more like the, like they they were at a they hit kind of a, a point where they just recorded this record, um, had a bad experience with their previous manager, and they were looking for someone to kind of just help them get to that next step, you know, because a, a lot of bands, even if you're a good band and you got some things going on without help, you hit like a wall where it's just certain doors you can't get through. Right. You know, so having, having someone else work for you and, and just working the phones and, you know, uh, get it. You know, me having certain certain contacts. You know, if I call a particular person or reach out to a certain label or or a booking agent, you know, it may not. They might not might not take the band or you know whatever. But at least it's not a cold call. It's not some random person hitting them up. They know who I am and they'll they'll check it out. They'll right. at least give it their their time. So, but I'm you know I, I take it very seriously and I and I don't want to waste the band's money i don't want to waste their time and you know hopefully if you know it's something where i'm like all right let me see if i can actually do this and do something for this band the second band is a band called pui that's p-u-i <laughs> they're also a new york based based band um and they're kind of a i describe them as like system of a down meets rammstein with kind of like the percussion of like an el nino but they have a you know the uh, the front man is really charismatic. They put on a really elaborate live show. Like they, he like paints himself in this crazy, you know, crazy makeup, and it's he's Turkish, so it's very Middle Eastern in, influenced music. Um, and they've built a really big following in in, in New York. You know, they'll, they'll do like a thousand people. Yeah. Um, and they've toured in, in in Europe, and this, and I think they have a really huge potential. Um, but they don't necessarily fit in a particular box. Right. You know, so so for them it's really about it's really about how do I present this band how they should be presented. Um, because they're not 
the type of band you just want to put in a van and say, hey, go open, go play the you know the bars of America and and hut and grind it out. It's not that kind of music. It needs to be presented kind of on a grander scale with a little more production. And I so so it's kind of understanding what each thing is and what is what its potential is. Um, and and the, the singer who's been kind of managing the band on his own for a while is so smart. You know, it's like. I want to make sure that I can do things that he can't do or else it's like, what, you know, what the hell am I even there for? You know? So, yeah. so I've been kind of reaching out to some, you know, it's the same thing. Like, like I said, having those connections, reaching out to certain people that they wouldn't have the, the, the direct line to. So, so I really just started with this. So that's kind of something I'm kind of getting, uh, getting my toes wet. Um, I'm, t- I'm kind of, t- I'm being patient with, it. I'm not just jumping head, 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 head first, you know, cause I don't want to get overwhelmed. Yeah, how is um? So, so that's a, that's a. Oh no, sorry, man. You can go ahead. Well, that's why I was just saying. What was I saying? Never mind. You go. <laughs> <laughs> how was um, uh, being away from God forbid and doing uh, these guest solos with different bands and doing the Vegas Nerve stuff? How has that uh, changed or affected your guitar playing in, in any way? Like. Because um, sometimes, like, you know, when you talk to bands, I mean, eventually you get to that point as a band where you've established a sound. And uh, I don't want to say formula with, like, a negative connotation to use that word. But, you know, like, a there, there becomes, like, a certain sound that you develop. And then you kind of try to build on that record by record. At least that's what it seems like being on the outside looking in and not being a musician. Like, the bands I listen to, it seems like once that sound's established and it's building it and building it. So now that you've been able to kind of have more, you know, be out on your own and be away from that, how is that? How, how has that affected your guitar playing? Well, <clears throat> I mean, the last five years or so, I've gotten more. I've spent a lot more time playing rock guitar, and you know, um, while always never not playing metal. Like I was always doing. You know, obviously, I was still playing God Forbid and, and had to maintain those chops. Um, but you know, I started like around 2010, I started playing with a cover band in, in New Jersey and this was like a very standard rock cover. You know, we're doing Lenny Kravitz and Led Zeppelin and No Doubt and Incubus and ZZ Top, like really covered a wide, wide range. And that kind of got my, um, it like that changed my playing in, in, in a big way because it just made me kind of realize like, it's like, oh, you think you're a good guitar player, but no, I was a good guitar player for what I did. But then you, you remove yourself from that that comfort zone, and it's like, all right, now I have to kind of, I have to be able to cover the, all this stuff and do it convincingly. And and back then it was just really, really challenging because I just just that rock feel. It's a different, it's a different vibe. You know, it's looser. It's you, know, you got to have that pocket and be able to hang back. Um, so that, that that kind of started it, and then I started writing this other 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 material, um, original material, which is a little more rock inspired. Even though it's not, because sometimes I'll say, "Oh yeah, my new band is like a rock band," and they, and they think it sounds like you know Aerosmith or something like that. It's like it's, um, and I love Aerosmith, but it's it's it is something in in between. It's not it's not traditionalist rock, but it is it is more to me. It is it is much more rock music than it is uh, metal music um <clears throat> but um i think you know it, it, the the biggest difference between god forbid i think 
one thing God forbid tried to do with every record is really go somewhere new and not repeat um, not repeat what we're doing not have the, the formula you know right um, right whereas whereas you know we felt there were definitely certain bands in our genre who who definitely had their formula um, and that and I, I'm not saying that's bad or good it's just it wasn't what we wanted to do because we definitely got to a point where we were like oh this is definitely these are the the ingredients of what a kind of classic kind of god forbid song was and every record even the you know as we continue every album have one or two of those or like oh we gotta at least have a couple of these but then uh, much of the record was about exploring new areas um so and and it, and it you know to me it's like I would never want to put out a record with God forbid where we're just kind of going through the motions to just to put out a, a God forbid record. Like that's one of the reasons why we didn't the, over the, the last six or seven years of the band's career, we didn't put out a lot of records because we just didn't want to churn out, like be an album factory, you know? Yeah. Cause I feel like you need to, you know, life uh, provides inspiration for art. And if you don't live enough, if you don't get enough experiences, it's not going to filter into the work, you know. Um, and and that's where kind of I think the, the the clash between art and commerce happens when you have this a band that's a business and the bands that are kind of able to to work through that, you know, and, and have that kind of like more business like attitude tend to do better. Like you look at a band like Devil Driver. Right. Literally, like it's like every year and a half record, boom, boom, trivium every year and a half or two years record. Death record. Punch. And have, it's and it's a setup. And yeah. It's and 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 maybe they're just that pumped, like they're just writers and they just like whatever we're gonna write. You know, it's like, and but we were never like that. Like we get off the road from a tour, you know, after touring a record, and it'd be kind of like we'd be looking at each other like, what the hell are we gonna do next? Like it was never <laughs> like. We have, I have, I've written 10,000 songs since the last album. I have all this idea. It was always like, you know, what, how, how do you, because with metal, you know, at least our, our genre, it's like when you're in a certain genre, that genre can be limiting. And, and because if you, if you take this turn or that turn, now you're not even in that genre anymore. You're doing something else and then you piss people off. So it's like, how, how do you do something new? How do you, you know, every record we were trying to, have a game changer you know and i don't know if we ever did um but that was what we were trying to do <laughs> well i think when you listen to um because i first saw you guys i believe it was on the earth's blood cycle because that was like i think i saw you down in uh dayton it was 2010 and i and that was with uh death punch yeah and um so yeah i think that was the earth's blood cycle but yeah that record sounds different compared to equilibrium for sure i i think equilibrium which you know i'm sure some of that had to do with you know changing guitarists and and not having dallas there as well but i think even if you go back to like constitution of treason too you guys always changed it up a little bit and still kind of kept your sound which which i think is challenging to do and i think the bands that uh have like you know been able to kind of keep their core fan base are the ones that are able to do that like they have a sound but they're able to build on that like like i've i've always been really partial to alter bridge and i really thought like this record seems to be the record that a lot of people are latching onto, which is funny to me because it's the one that's like the most different from the previous things that they've done you know so yeah, yeah me metal's kind of at an interesting time 
Yeah, but maybe I'm sorry to mean to cut you off. No, you good. Saying like, maybe that you know the the different thing is what you know. That's my exact point. Is like maybe they were like, oh, we did, we were on this this trajectory, but let's let's mix it up. Let's throw a, throw a, a, a wrench in the works and and see what happens. I mean, the, the thing that I gravitated to to that Alter Bridge record was just how fucking heavy it was. Yeah. Like I was like I was like this. Like, because I remember hearing songs here and there, though I was I never really listened to them too much. So I think I listened to that album three, I think it was called, or AB3. AB3. Um, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, but I wasn't, like, overwhelmed. But then I heard that, and I heard the fucking riffs and the groove. I was like, this sounds like, God damn, this is <laughs> some really, you know, it was outside of the box. Like, it yeah. doesn't sound like the other stuff that's on the radio. And obviously, you got these great players. My, you know, this great singer. And, but you, you know, you're like, this is the guys from from Creed. Like, it doesn't make <laughs> sense, you know. And and that's what's so cool about it, you know, is. Um, and I think when you do something dynamic, um, and it can be your third or fourth record. Like to me, I look, you know, you you look at like Mastodon, like how their what was it. Uh, not the hunter, but the record before that. Uh, Crack the sky. Crack the sky. That was a game changer because yeah. they took a big left turn where they wasn't as heavy. It wasn't, um, you know, wasn't as much aggressive vocals. It was a, it was a lot more open and spacious. And but they made it just you know something happened where they made a decision. But you could tell it completely changed their career. You know, in a positive way. Right. Or another band, uh, Bar- Bar- Baroness, their last record, uh, Yellow and Green. Like I remember hearing their early records, like, oh, this is cool. You know, this is like, oh, this is cool. But it, I wasn't like in love with it. And when I heard that record, and I was, I fucking completely fell in love <laughs> with the record. And then I went back to listen to old records. Like, was I missing something? I yeah. Was like, no, I wasn't. They just got way better. <laughs> you know. And that's you know what I'm saying. Like where yeah. a band just they. They develop, and then something something clicks, you know. Um, like I said, I don't know if we ever had that record where it just clicked. Maybe there was we clicked, but the world just didn't get it, get it into it. Um, but we were tr- going for that. We were always going, you know, you know, we were always going for that thing that was gonna, you know, you know, for Earth, for us, I think Earthblood was kind of that record where we went, like really branched out and tried to do some stuff that was really left of center for our style yeah i think i think it seems like some bands too are so original and and so good at what they do that it's hard for them to get latched into sort of that upper echelon of like bands that you hear all the time because they can't they can't put you in a box you know what i mean because like when i when i heard equilibrium i that's what i i was like damn like i and i'm not just saying that because and i told you that the last time i talked to you like i'm i'm not just saying that because we're talking like i heard that and i was like like from from track one all the way to the end i was like i was like how how is it that a band like this is not like why 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 do i not know more people who know about god forbid you know and even when i saw you guys live with death punch i was like why haven't i heard of these guys more before you know and i and i I was listening to another podcast recently, and they were kind of talking about that. Like sometimes, it's there's just bands that are that are that are really talented or artists, and because they can't be boxed in or they don't have enough of a commercial appeal, it's like 
you don't hear about a God forbid is maybe you hear about somebody else or um, I think the podcast they were talking about like uh, John Hyde or Tom Waits or something. You know, everybody knows like Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen, but they don't know as much of like John Hyde or Tom Waits, you know. So I think it happens. I think what's cool with you guys, though, is, you know, I've I've kind of continued to to follow, you know, Corey's posts and I follow your stuff on Facebook and Twitter and the the love that God forbid has gotten like since you know what happened it's it's like I think those fans the core fans were were always there and are still there and that's what's kind of cool is because no matter what happens whether you guys eventually revisit that down the road or you each do your own individual thing I think you'll be one of those bands that in the metal community people will look back on like 20 years from now especially the core fans and be like dude let me tell you something god forbid was the shit you know what i mean like i i think that that's got to be at least some type of validation i would think in in your band situation you know with those guys and all the years that you spent together is like you know people people still are listening to the music which has to feel good no i mean listen i'm i'm very proud of of what the band did i I like all our records um and i think even now with kind of some distance from it and some perspective I, I have I have a better appreciation for that. Uh, we were doing something that was pretty. Um, there was a lot of personality with the band, like where it's just that, like where it's, it, we definitely had our own thing. Which I don't think, even when I was in the midst of it, I felt like, oh, well, we are a little too derivative of this, or a little too close to this. Band. You know, I kind of felt like, you know, I, I was, you know, but now I'm like oh yeah there was a, a sound there was a god forbid sound <laughs> to a, to a certain degree um, but yeah man I mean and that's and that's the thing I, you know I think it's, one thing that's interesting about the situation is that let's say I, I wanted more distance from the band and I was kind of like I didn't want to talk about it and I don't want to be associated with it I think that would be I think that would make my life a lot more difficult because people are still going to see me that way they're still gonna be like, oh, yeah. it's Stockholm, God forbid. Yeah. And, and, but I'd rather just embrace that, and and say, you know, be like, yeah, yeah, that's you know, that's that is literally how I spent my, you know, that's quote unquote my life's work up to this point was that band, you know, um, and it was a you know a huge huge part of who I was, you know, and it's still part of who I am, you know, you know, um, so. I always want to engage people if someone appreciates what we do um, and was affected by it. Like it's it's really hard to actually, I think, empathize with that. Like it's like like when someone says, "You know, man, yeah, that record changed my life." Like I almost don't believe them. <laughs> you know, like I, it's it's hard to really understand that. You know, because um, I just don't. You know, I'm I'm not that impressed with myself, so I'm not really. I'm a little surprised when someone else te- you know seems to be you know it's like okay if you say so <laughs> i'll take your word for it but okay you know um because also also the, you know my view on things is that's what i did but that's you know to me it's like what are you doing you know um because you can't rest on pre- past accomplishments you yeah. know that's not um that's that's not productive and it's not it's not representative, you know, in a way it's being, um, it's not being honest with yourself because that's not who you are now, 
you have to. What, what, what am I doing now? What am I contributing? You know, and that's for me is like that's what the thing with getting this Vegas nerve record out. It's like I want to, I want to get it out. So people like say, oh, here's this thing I've been working on. I haven't been just fucking off, guys. I've been, <laughs> I'm working on some stuff. You know, and I don't, and I don't, I don't even know if because it is so different. If, God forbid, fans will be interested in it. I have no idea. Um, but it is uh, creatively something that I'm proud of, and I want, I want people to hear. Yeah, from the snippets that I got a chance to check out uh, from your site, like I said, I thought I thought it was cool because it's it seemed you know you had metal elements, but there was also, you know, I mean I don't know what I would say is psychedelic if like you know music people would classify it as psychedelic or spacey, but um, it seems like it's a pretty like a, a free form type of thing. Like when you guys get together and jam, and you got the ball rolling for this, is it kind of one of those things where it's like okay we're just going to take whatever this guy brings to the table and we'll work it into a creative piece of art? Or is it more of like you guys are trying to go for something? Does that question make sense? Oh, well, we didn't really do a lot of writing together, like in a, in a room. Because basically, like, I already had these songs written and it was more about executing. And then dudes are definitely kind of improv certain parts or kind of like oh you know like we t- talk about some some different ideas but we started writing like another song that's not on the ep and and we and we did some jamming and and the band can can do that like like there like i said there's that chemistry where we could just literally just one dude could kind of go off on a tangent and we could like just follow and create some really really interesting interesting things i'm kind of you know hopefully at some point you know, down the line, we we can actually put some time and get in the room and just create some stuff because I think it would be it would be really cool just because everyone, you know, everyone is just very open and very um, things definitely spont- spontaneously happen. You know, uh, but it was important to me to get everyone's personality on on the record. You know, it's like I could have played the bass, but I didn't. I let you know. It's like no, let Aiden play it bass and let him put his stamp on it and and Mike the guitar player just he has so many cool ideas and he's great with atmosphere and he just has a great feel um and I wanted that on the record you know and I wanted you know and you know just 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 everyone it's it's a really great situation to be in a band with people you're like fans of as as a musician where you're just like you sit there and you're literally like watching them play and you're like stoked you're like damn that guy's good you know um, and that's, 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 and they're all really just humble, humble people. Like no one, like they're all good, but they act like they're not good, you know, <laughs> which is self, which like is the like self-deprecating a, type of like, ah, yeah. yeah, like, like, like everyone's, you know, it's not, the, and it doesn't mean they're not confident, right? You know? right. it's not that, it's not that, it's just that they, you know, because when you have people who are passionate about about music, that means they're also fans of this person and that person and that band, and they're always looking at that next level. And it's like, well, oh, I'm pretty good, but I'm, you know, that guy, he's really good, you know, yeah, um, you know, and it's and it's just that, but just, but even with that, it's just so many musicians just can be kind of, you know, breaking their own, patting themselves on the back, you know, about how fucking awesome they are. So. No, it's a great, great vibe, and I, you know, and hopefully in the long run, I'll be able to keep keep that unit together. We'll see because now obviously we have di- distance is an issue, and 
who knows if the record, you know, it's like, I don't, I'm not work concerned about commercial um, success or, or I don't even success the right word, but I'm not commercializing that band is not the priority of that band. The, the priority is getting the record out and presenting, you know, just kind of a, and I don't want to sound pretentious, like a pure piece of art, but just, but, but it is that it's just purity of intention. It's like, here's, here's this thing we made and it's not, we're not trying to make a radio single or we're not trying to, you know, there's no bullshit, you know? So hopefully that comes across, you know, and people connect to that. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, cause like I said, I'm going to shop it and see if anyone's, you know, any labels are in, in, interested. I, you know, I have no idea if they will or, or they won't. And if not, we'll just, we'll put it out on our own, you know? Yeah. I was going to ask you that. Like at this point, are you guys shooting for, um, like when you want to get it out to people or is that just kind of depend on what kind of interest you can generate? And if, if a label would want to put it out for you? Yeah. I mean, I, well, it'll probably like, we basically like once all the tracking is done, we have to look into mixers. Uh, because we don't have a ton of money and we have to kind of figure out logistically, you know, when we find someone that we want to actually mix the record, um, how to pay for it <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and figure out, figure out all, all that stuff. So, I mean, theoretically the record could be done, I'm saying in the next couple months, you know, cause you know, usually just booking someone and having, you know, so it'll, 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 it'll take a little time. Um, uh, so Hopefully by the end of the year we can, we can we can get out because if it if it comes out on a label then usually there's some type of setup involved and stuff like that so it'll it'll be a process like I said I would have loved to get it out earlier but we had so much issues earlier with the project and that pushed everything back uh, in terms of our timeline you know which which often happens with, with, <laughs> with recording but we'll see you know if there's a label that's interested. I think the one thing that it could do, if it's the right place, it can kind of um, accelerate some of the process of, of making the band a little more of a full, not I'll say full-time thing, but at least a functional thing in terms of playing and touring. Because like I said, when you have guys all over the place and you need to do a show and you do stuff, and, you know, things, these things do cost money, yeah. you know? So we'll see. I'm, I'm really, with this band, I'm taking it one step at a time. I'm not looking too far down the road because those things will not be possible until these other things are taken care of first so regardless of um whether or not you you can potentially find a label for it is it still something to this point that when some of those other guys get out to california that you'd like to tour or is that or is that kind of contingent upon whether or not you can get a, the financial support to, to be able to do that yeah i mean i i definitely would like to it's just you know we know we know you know so we only have four songs we can't yeah <laughs> we'd have to we did one show we did one show in in Brooklyn uh, before I left and we did like half covers half you know half originals you know so we definitely have to you know once it's done we get you know write write a few more songs and kind of take it take it take it from there I mean I'd, I'd love to tour with it you know in terms of but like I said there's a different philosophy that goes into a band that you're not necessarily you know because the old you know the, i think the method band you know when you're, you're like young kids you're like this is our band and we're gonna we're gonna make it and then we're gonna so you kind of it's all caution to the wind so you go you know you get a get a in a van and you go on to you know you're not making money you don't get whatever we don't care we'll down the line we'll figure that out because we're gonna you know it'll we'll go to this place they're gonna love us and we're gonna sell a ton of records and 
it'll be great, you know. But when you're kind of, when you remove that and you're just kind of doing it for the experience of doing it and not really putting um, <clears throat> a lot of stock into, like, if it sells a bunch of records or all, all that stuff, it changes the, the paradigm a little bit about how you view things like, like touring, you know. Um, I would, you know, because to me it's like I, would, I want to tour with this band because I think the experience of playing the songs and sharing the songs with people is going to be, you know, really, really powerful, you know, and, I, and, I, and kind of just being in that, that moment of, like, performance and really kind of connecting with this material. I think I think that's what I, I, I'd like to do. And then the actual touring is that there's it's just logistical stuff. It's like, how are we going to get there? What are we going to use? And how much is gas? And where are we going to stay? Like, all, all those all those other things are wholly something else and you know half the guys in that band have haven't really even toured so it's so let's we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we, when we when we get there you know what uh what excites you the most about uh the stuff you're doing with vegas nerve like about the the music that you guys are making that that you're excited to uh to share it with people um i don't think it really sounds like anything else you know um because i'm kind of coming from a different, you know, Ravi, you know, does not come from a, a metal background. You know, he's a, um, he comes from a rock world. You know, Radiohead, Soundgarden, Pink Floyd. Um, you know, we do. There's a lot of, you know, we share a lot of the same uh, tastes in terms of, of of rock music. But he just doesn't come from that background. So it's so to me, I kind of compare it to like the Deftones, where you've got like this metal guitar player Steph who's like his favorite band's Mashuga and then you have the singer where his you know he likes The Cure and The Smiths and when you put that together it sounds like something really interesting yeah um, and it's not like with, it's like I said it's not like with this band where I'm bringing some crazy God forbid riffs but it it has there's a technical flair to a certain degree um, and yeah there, honestly, there's a technical flair that you don't see in most kind of like traditional rock, like a rock band that's going to be on like the radio. That's kind of playing simple for the for the sake of playing simple because they like, oh, this is what people people want. Got that ACDC, damn, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I think that the confluence of, of all that makes it sound really interesting. Um, like I, I think the, the the philosophy behind the band is almost that of like a 90s band in a lot of ways like you look at a band like Pearl Jam when they first came out and it, there was just so much authenticity there wasn't or you know Nirvana like I think that's one of the things people really um, gravitated towards those bands is is nothing seemed overly contrived you know like it wasn't like it didn't it, like, it, like when those records came out you didn't it didn't seem like there was like a corp, you know, like an NR guy was like, you should dress like this, and this is, you know, we need more hooks in this single. Like it just didn't. And maybe some of that was going on, and I just don't know about it. But there, there did seem to be like a, you know, kind of going back to what I said, a kind of a, a purity of intention. Um, and so that's that's really what it's about, and getting kind of the right personality types and people that could kind of kind of hang with that. And there is this kind of balance between atmosphere. And and some technicality, you know, in there. So, 
I don't know, and it, and it covers kind of a, a wide range, even though it's four songs, there's one song that's kind of like the more, I guess, metal-ish song, and there's one song that's like, you know, more laid back and kind of quiet and subdued, you know, there's so in, in a little stuff in between, so we'll see, we'll see. It'll be, honestly, I, I think anytime you kind of get ahead of that in terms of talking about something people haven't really heard yet, you're just presuming things in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, people are going to connect to it in whatever way they do, if they right. even connect at all, you know? Yeah. Who did you guys uh, get to, to produce it, or was it one of those things where you're talking about you had some issues that you ended up sort of sort of self-producing it? Yeah, I don't want to get too much into that because basically we kind of, like I said, we had a kind of difficult situation. Okay. I don't want to, like, yeah. um, you know, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus or anything like that, but it... it um, yeah, we ended up recording at like a this studio, which had a lot of issues, and we did a lot of stuff live, and we had to redo a bunch of stuff, and it was, you know, it's been a bit of a bit of a, a nightmarish <laughs> type of uh, t- type type of situation. But um, but all in all, I'm actually really happy where it's at right now. Just listening to some of the raw tracks, um, I'm really I'm really happy with the way, way it's coming out. Actually, oh, see, I actually just now just got a a rough mix with some vocals. Yeah, nice. I know I was, I was listening to a couple of the uh, like the little snippets you had, and and Robbie Robbie's got an interesting voice, man. It's very um, there's kind of almost like a gravel to it, you know what I mean? Like it there there it's kind of almost like a scratchy. At least at least some of the stuff that I heard, and I thought that was kind of a very very interesting. It was, it was he definitely seems like he has like his own his own voice, which I think is pretty cool because you know some yeah. some of the some of those bands that are out there that uh, that I really like. Um, like a band like Gojira, I just like you talk about bands that kind of do their own thing. Like when I heard them, I was like, "Whoa!" You know, you hear like flying whales, and you're like, "What? What am I listening to?" And then I, so I, when I when I heard like the little snippets that you guys did, I, I was like, "Man, this is cool!" Because it's like there's elements of different things, but it's like this guy seems like he's got a really unique voice. So I'm I'm actually really curious to see how it all comes together. I think it's it's it sounds really interesting. Well, I don't know if I like I posted anything but um he has his own solo project called uh philo taxes um so you should check that i'll send you a link um but he basically that's like his solo band moniker or whatever so he so if you go to his youtube page he has him doing like a tons of covers like really brilliant covers um and then he did a solo he did a, a record you know full-length album which is which is very good and then just recently he did a, an EP, um, which is even better than his, than, his, than than the first record. Actually, I did a guitar solo for one, one of the tracks. Um, so just and he like he like I said he writes all the songs, plays every instrument. The guy's just a supremely <laughs> talented uh, musician and great lyricist too. Really, um, you know, really takes his time with that and 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 puts a lot of his you know just the guy's just got a big heart. And and that's what's you know he's he's, he's putting down and it's uh, yeah like you said man just being in a band with people you're, you're you're fans of where it's like you know I get to like I listen to his 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 music like not like it's my friend I listen to it like because it's enjoyable you know yeah the same thing yeah. like I said I'm 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 managing my other you know the guitar player I'm managing his band you know because I, I like his band you know and I think and I think they're they're great and. You know, I love his guitar playing. And I, you know, we were like, well, jam. And I was watching him play blues. I'm like, fuck, man, this guy is awesome. <laughs> Same thing, with, you know, my drummer, 
you know, he's been playing drums since he was a kid in church. He plays every style. He plays gospel. He plays punk rock. He, he can play R&B. He can play death metal. You know, he can do everything. And he's also an instructor at School of Rock and understands. And he can sing and play guitar and arrange and understands theory. You know, and like I said, my bass player literally plays every instrument and has a music degree. You it's know, crazy. so it's, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm the least talented guy in the band, you know. <laughs> um, and even with that, I still wrote the song. So it's like I think about how great it's going to be if we can actually do do something where everyone's a little more involved, you know. So we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm almost not really looking at it at this point like a full time thing. It's more just let me get the record out and see how things develop because because of another opportunity came up that was a little more full-time playing with another band you know i probably would do that because this band is not at the place to be full-time you know and my, and my goal for coming out here was to be a musician full-time you yeah. know be a professional touring recording guitar player you know um i'm still figuring some of that some of that stuff out and then and i think and you see this with a lot of musicians is how how many guys are in multiple bands mm -hmm. you know you look at a guy like Max Cavalera it's like he's doing Cavalera Conspiracy and then he's doing Soulfly and then he's doing Killer Be Killed you know because you have to you kind of the economics of, and the, the way the touring cycles work you know if you want to make a living you, you know unless you're in Slayer or Metallica or something like that or the Foo Fighters where you have this kind of big monolith of a band, you need to have other things to kind of keep you going, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I like the idea of doing different things and being fluid and open to different experiences, you know? Freedom is, a, you know, I'm freedom. I like that freedom, American <laughs> freedom. Well, before I let you go, man, and thanks again for the time, dude, I appreciate it. I wanted to ask you a couple of, a couple of fun things. Um, one question I don't even know how I how I stumbled upon this because I think all the time like my mind just it's like it's like a hamster in a wheel it's it sucks trying to sleep I I can't turn it off but um, I was thinking about this I'm like the if, same way if you were all right let's say you were stranded on an island you knew you were going to be there for like at least a year nobody's coming to save you for like a year but yeah. you got a fresh water source okay so that's taken care of. So now let's just say hypothetically you can have these three things. You can have one meal that you can have every day that just miraculously is going to be prepared how you want it to be prepared, but everything else you're going to have to go and forage for or whatever. You can have one drink, same thing. It's just going to be there. You have fresh water, so you can have one drink. And then there's only one album that you can listen to for that whole year. Not like a mix, but just like an album. What, what would those three things be? Oh, I go for the meal, man. I'll sing my own songs. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. See, one thing, and there's no women on this island either, right? This is getting depressing. Yeah, there's no women. There's no women. <laughs> it's a it's a Wilson Tom yeah, Hanks go, type I'd, situation. I'd probably go with go go with go with the meal because you got you got to think, man. You, you know, eating is first. You gotta. You can't listen to music hungry, man. That's just you know. <laughs> well, what if you could have? What if you could have all three? That's what I'm saying. If you could have all three, you get one meal, you get one drink, and you have one album that you can listen to for a oh, year. Oh, what? 
what would they be? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what would they be? Oh, okay. Um, drink. I'm a coffee fanatic, so that'd be you know, gotta have my coffee. Uh, meal. Oh, every every day one one meal. Um, it's weird because like I I don't really eat that much like out of like just enjoyment. Like I eat for health most of the time, so it's yeah. like so it's like. It's boring, you know, it's like Brussels sprouts and broccoli and grilled chicken and <laughs> and a sweet potato, you know. Yeah. You know, Chipotle, I could probably eat Chipotle every day once those bowls. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know what, because I, I could say, you know, the fun stuff is like, oh, yeah, I'll have a, a you know, a cheeseburger from In-N-Out Burger and some lasagna and mashed potatoes, but then you'd be dead in like right. six months, Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, that's problematic. Uh, <laughs> um, as far as a, a record, one record, probably be Abbey Road by the Beatles. All right. Um, All right. It's kind of like my, like, when I'm trying to cheer myself up. That's right. That's, that's, that's the record I put on. Yeah. Well, what about the drink other than the water, since you get the water? No, I said coffee. Oh, that's right. Coffee. That's right. You said coffee. coffee. That's right. All right. Let's coffee. hypothetically say, okay... You you brought up an interesting point. I didn't think about asking that for the question. There's just one woman on the island with you for a year. Who would who would that woman be? If it could be any woman, who would the woman be? Um, like let's say you didn't know, you know she what? was there, and then like you're looking for stuff to help you survive, and you go across the other end of the island, and you all of a sudden you see this chick, and you think it's not real, and then maybe it's just your mind, and then you're like, oh my god, it's actually this person. Who would you want that person to be? You know, I think the hottest chick in America right now is Jessica Chastain. I think she is flawless. But that's just me. You know, it's just one man's opinion. She, what, yeah, the, she was in the movie, the, she's redhead, right? So, yeah, Zero, yeah, but she was zero, zero Dark, dark 30, Zero Dark Thirty? But, yeah, but if you watch the movie Mama, the horror movie, she has dark hair, and she has, like, tattoos, and she plays bass, and she's like... <laughs> Really fucking hot with black hair and tattoos and playing bass. So I gotta check Mama out now. I'm checking it out. Yo, that movie is actually pretty good. It's really scary and the end is stupid, but most of the movies is actually really scary. I definitely. I saw a, I saw a shit on the plane and I was like, you know, when you're on the plane, you're like all close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. You know so. I I don't know if I've seen anything lately that really was like super scary. I did see a movie called The Devil's Pass on Netflix that I thought was interesting. I, I did like that. It was kind of a psychological type of horror movie. Um, it wasn't like gory, like gory though. It was more like you're trying to figure out like what's going on. I did like that. I did like that. And actually, a good movie I saw recently that I, I really liked because there was a lot of dialogue and it wasn't like scary or anything. It was just like a good. It was like a good drama a movie. Was a uh, scenic route. And uh, it was like Josh Dumel and the other dude's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in um, Balls of Fury. Uh, I, I can't remember that actor's name. He's been in a bunch of stuff. But it was like those two pretty much most of the movie. And they like get stranded in the desert and they're friends. And it was good. I liked it. I really liked it. But I'm going to check out Mama awesome. now. I, I, know the, I know the actor, the guy from Balls of Fury. I actually went to go see Django and Chain with that dude. Really? So my friend Andrew. My friend Andrew's friends with them. He lives in Brooklyn. And I was like, "Oh, we're gonna go." I forget. I forget his name. Right? Tell me, went to see Django and Chain. That was a crazy movie. That was yeah, great movie. All right, all right. That was Doc Coyle, Part One here on Bomber's Breakdown. 
I'm wondering what your voice is going to sound like when you get to be an old fart like me. I don't know. Are you going to have the, you know, the, I, I do know. have some pipes now. Yeah, you do. You, you've you got, you've got like the perfect, you know what I mean? Like voice for radio and stuff. Mine, mine, I don't, I don't have the looks for TV. I don't have, I don't have like a deep voice. I've got like a mid-tone, you know what I mean? But it was bad when I was going through puberty. Oh, I'll bet you my, were Peter Brady. Oh, uh, yeah, my uncle. I well, just watched that episode, too. I did. <laughs> you you change, you gotta take that change. Remember that episode? Yeah. It was just on. So. I mean, like, my voice didn't really, it didn't really crack, but I just kind of sounded like I was sucking on helium Ooh. for, like, two years. It wasn't a good look, Mike. It wasn't a good look. I've always wanted the pipes I got, you know? Yeah. Because... Yeah, I grew up in radio. Hell, yeah. I remember a radio station when I was nine. But I grew up when in the heyday. You yeah. Know, the CKLW days. Right on. <clears throat> so, you know, you'd every night you'd listen to CKLW. <laughs> I'm Byron McGregor. You know, and I'll, I loved it. I loved it. If, if there was ever a radio station, I so hope that in radio that it goes back to that 70s genre, 60s, 70s. Because most of the DJs that are on now have no personality at all. They're not allowed to have a personality. Well, yeah, I think it, it's hard for them to. Um, they pretty much have to play what what the station tells them to play. You know, and, what the consultants tell the station. Right, to right, play. and that makes it hard. And that makes it hard to feature local auditors. But I, I do want to give a shout out to uh, 100.7 The Zone because actually our old buddy Nacho, yeah, Lester has got uh, his own block over there now. Another guy who goes by his radio name Peapod, Chris. He uh, they they feature local artists all the time, which I think is really cool. And uh, they've been they've been keeping that going because back when I was you know younger, you know fifteen twenty years ago, the buzz is what oh, it, yeah. what it used to be. You know one zero six five was the was the bus. Right. You know what I mean. And then it became one zero six five the zone. And then the zone went away, and then it came back on 100.7. So I'm glad that that imprint is stuck around because that was like the cool station to listen to for all the rock music. You know what I mean? And now they're kind of bringing back that local flavor. So certain, you know, sometimes they'll give, they'll give you a little they'll give you a little leeway. But that's but that's what's cool about uh, about uh, you know being in this area too is we got a lot of good local music, and that's that's why I like doing this podcast. You know, I, I like featuring people that more people need to know about. You know what I mean? Certainly. And I feel like Doc Coyle and uh, what he's doing with, with Vegas Nerve and the guest solos that he's doing right now uh, are, are awesome. And I can't I can't wait to hear the Vegas Nerve stuff. I, I picked up uh, Philo Taxis, which you guys can check out. I'll put the links up. Uh, that's Ravi's solo project, who is the vocalist for Vegas Nerve. The stuff that he's doing with Doc Coyle, his solo stuff uh, with Philo Taxis, Ravi stuff is awesome. I just got an opportunity to go visit my brother and my sister-in-law where they live a couple hours away these uh, past couple of days. And I, I listened to that and I thought it was awesome. That's like the best time to check out new music too, isn't it, Mike? When you really, you got to be able to listen to the whole album. You know oh, what I definitely. mean? Taking a drive and just putting in a good record is like seriously what it's all about. So, I gotta so, tell you, uh, you know, just yesterday on, on my Pandora, I, you know, I've got a really good sound system in my F one fifty. I don't know how it happened, <laughs> but I mean, I probably have one of the nicest sounding systems. Yeah, and, you know, props out to Tass Electronics. You know, I mean, I don't have the prettiest truck. You know, it's just a truck, 
but it's just got a great sound and I got the hookups so I can hook right in through my phone and Pandora. And uh, just yesterday, I uh, it, it was going through one of my uh, Gary Moore sets that I have. Gary Moore is, uh, you know, from the 80s. Uh, he did a song called I Still Got the Blues. It's just, it's a hot, every time my phone rings, that's the song, you know. Yeah. Um, but there, uh, it's also other artists in there. If you, if you want, if you're really into some like hardcore soul guitar, that uh, uh, it's basically all guitar and, and, it, and it's soul and, and it's really good and it's it's got a little blues to it. Uh, Duke Levine, this dude just blew. I matter of fact, I set up a Duke Levine channel <laughs> after that and I'm gonna buy everything and it's and it's all guitar and it is just flat out awesome and uh, and, and that's my opinion. But I just love stuff that's mixed really well and really hard in instrumental is really good but uh, that's a cool thing with pandora and things like that now yeah. you know you can listen to all the all the songs on the all the cuts on the album yeah i mean and that's what's cool you guys you got services too like spotify where you can you know you pay i don't even know what it is 10 bucks a yeah, month or whatever it is big, and you can yeah. listen to whatever you want right um but yeah man that's why this show is cool you find out about new music do a lot of favors for you, don't I? And you never know. We may be putting this to TV some days. Yeah, sure. yeah. I think that would be awesome to do a local music show. I think that that We're would be... We're working on it. I kind of said that like Oprah. A local music show. Mike Jameson. Should I look under my seat for my card Toledo tag? Sports Network. <laughs> Is there a tag? Oh, my God, there's a tag. Oh, my God, I just won a 1982 Ugh, Pacer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Wrap this thing up. Oh man! Wouldn't that be great if we made enough money to give away friggin' G sixes like she did? And then, of course, you know what the most American thing about that was? I think people they said people that were there were complaining about the color that they got. I didn't want this. It's like you just got a free car. But you really didn't get a free car if you think about it, because you got to pay taxes on it. True. So a thirty thousand dollar retail value car, which those were. You got to pay at least six or eight percent on that. So, and and that's the big thing. Like with, uh, you know, what's that show? Uh, the Price is Right. Yeah. You just won forty-seven thousand dollars worth, and you're thinking to yourself, if I'm up there, I'm like, okay, thirty-seven. You could flip that car though, couldn't you? That's what they do. Yeah, you could flip. Most it. of the people get it and then they sell it just yeah. so they can pay the. Ta- I guess you get a time limit. You know, you get yeah. time to pay it. Yeah. But uh, wow, yeah. But yeah. Maybe one day. Sorry Maybe to. One day. Burst no, it's cool, man. Oprah. It's cool. But, uh, but yes, this is part one of Doc Coyle's conversation with me. And actually, he's a he's he's a smarter guy than me because normally I, I I try to get people on the horn on the phone for all you young kids out there. That's what we used to call the phone back in the day. We called it the horn. And he suggested Skype, and I thought the sound quality came out ex- exponentially better. It was a little echoey. Uh, at, at one point, but not sounded a little like that. Not like that. Not like you could just hear me a little bit through through his computer towards the end. But it's it's really no big deal. In fact, if I wouldn't have just mentioned it just now, you may have just thought you were you know. You know I would have known getting a little getting a little psychedelic at one point when you listen to that. But anyway, I'm gonna put up the links to Philo Taxes. I'm gonna put up the links to Doc stuff on the site. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Doc Coil. All of his stuff, uh, he's got links to on there through his blog um, as well, his own personal blog. And uh, he's doing a lot of cool stuff right now in California. And honestly, it, it is 
pretty inspirational for me too because you know he literally moved across the country from Jersey where all of his friends, his family, a lot of people and uh, you know that he had met through music there, they're all back home and he decided like this is what I need to do right now at this point in my life is move out here to California and try to be a full-time guitarist and I think that that's awesome because the dude is super talented, he's a super nice guy, he's always been cool with me. Um, and, uh, I love, I love having him on the show, you know, and, uh, next week we, we talk nothing but hoops in part two. So for you basketball fanatics out there who also love music, the dude knows his hoops and we literally talked hoops <laughs> for like almost an hour and it's, it's entertaining because we know our stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? We know our stuff. I, I will do my own horn a little bit. I know my stuff, but, uh, anyway, thank you again for listening once again, you can stay tuned on bombmansbreakdown.podbean.com. Heck, you might be there streaming this right now. Um, I know that there's certain uh, podcast apps that you can download where you can also get this, um, but you can listen to it on on your phone if you just go to bombmansbreakdown.podbean.com. You can also go to my Twitter, at mbombman5, Okay, and keep up with what I've got going on locally as well for those of you who are closer to my neck of the woods here in Ohio uh, and local artists that um, that are around here. And uh, I've, I've got some stuff up my sleeve, and I'm, I'm hopefully going to start writing again while I'm still uh, in T-Town. And you can also check us out at ToledoSportsNetwork.com. Even if you're in China, man, I don't care. Like our Facebook page. Go to Facebook.com backslash Toledo Sports Network. We're trying to grow this puppy. Those of you out there who own small businesses or work for a small business, you know what it's like, man. The biggest thing is exposure and getting your name out there. So that's what this show is about from a music standpoint. So we appreciate any love you can get. And thank you to all of you who listened to the show. I know I went away for a little bit. You guys heard a little bit about that in this conversation with Doc about the changes I had going on in my life. But I really love doing this. This is a lot of fun. And uh, I've been on my own little poisonal joiny uh, throughout the last year. And uh, every year you hope to learn and grow. And I certainly did over the last year. But I'm, I'm, I'm super happy to be back doing this. So thanks again for listening. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. We'll see you next week. Peace. And the final words, I'm going to give you the final words of the day. Let's do it. <clears throat> and I want, you to, I want you to listen real hard to this because it really does. It, it makes a lot of sense on... Uh, on, on things that are going on right now and uh, and 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 that's that's what I'm always about and of course right when I do that I can't find it then again I just thought it was a great thing about uh, a bird singing and I, I totally blew it I just I'm I'm we're out of we're out of time and I'm blowing it <laughs> and I had the damn thing sitting there it is no it's okay here we go here we go let's do it what if birds aren't really singing think about this and they're just screaming because they're scared of heights. <laughs> well, what a great thing. I just thought I'd do that. Now now I end the show. That's deep. Please, That's please. deep. And for Mike Jameson <laughs> and all of the dying, screaming birds who are free-falling out of their orbits. That's actually happening out west right now. Did you hear about that with the, the solar company? It's killing the birds? Yeah, that they've got this, this huge five football fields with all these mirrors grabbing all the solar energy and everything. And when the bird when birds are flying through it, they're just getting cooked. They say two to five hundred birds a day. Jeez. Well, I don't think that there's any more metal way to end that. <laughs> Keep the faith of be kind to one another. We'll see you next week. Peace.